outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Well, it is snowing and the weather is frightful, unfortunately, as we enter into this new year. By the way, Happy New Year. We are so glad that you're joining us and we're so glad that God has provided the technology so that even when the weather is crummy, even when we can't get our volunteers in and our staff members in, that we can keep you safe, hopefully with some family members or some friends, hopefully by the fire and just enjoying the new year and so this morning of course is going to look a little bit different we're going to have a song later for you to join us or sing or just to enjoy we're going to have a time of prayer we're going to have a sermon but before we get into that i do want to share a couple of announcements for you now today of course since we aren't not gathering and uh, we are safely at home we can't do the unhanging of the greens and so if you were going to join and help us in that we just ask that you can connect with our front office and we will schedule a time for you to come in throughout the week as we take down our nativities and our trees and everything else. And so go ahead and sneak if you want to uh, sneak into the office for an hour, five minutes, three hours, whatever you have. And we'll take all those things, put them away for the next Christmas season. So that's just going to happen throughout the week instead of on Sunday morning like we had planned. Also, on the 12th, we have something very exciting. If you are a teenager, our, our teen life ministry is doing something really fun. We're trying to create atmosphere, an atmosphere where kids can invite their friends to get connected with each other, get connected with our volunteers, and ultimately get connected with Jesus Christ. And so we have rented out the downtown Sterling Theater. And so on the 12th at 630, you can bring your teen right there or bring your friends there or drive yourself there. And we're going to have just a movie night. So we're going to provide some drinks and some popcorn, and it's going to be great. Also on January 16th, we're going to start our journey classes. And if you don't know what those are, those are classes tailored to allow you to move forward in your spiritual journey. And so we are hoping that you step into that if you haven't yet. This is also tailored for those who are have joined us but haven't stepped into membership. So our first two courses are actually about new life, the history of new life, our, our values, our vision, everything that makes us unique because we want you to know us and our story before you decide to take that step and take that risk and join your story with our story and become a part of our church family. And so we will have those available. If you want to get connected, all you need to do is simply go on our website, analutheran.com. There's a connection card there and just write in that connection card your name, some information and say, I would like to start those courses and, and participate in those journey courses and then and then what will happen is pastor eric will get a hold of you this week so that you can fully participate as well so we are hoping uh, that you take that opportunity and get to know us a little bit also if you are a child watching this morning this service is going to be tailored primarily for adults but don't worry we still have something special for you Every week, whether you're here in person or not here in person, we have our kids' church available on our website, analutheran.com. You just click on the kids section. It will drop down to the appropriate age category. Click on it. You can watch the kids' teaching. And then also there's some information about some questions and some activities. And so go ahead and utilize that today. And if you ever miss on a Sunday morning, you can utilize that to grow in your spiritual journey. And so parents use that as a great tool to help your student grow no matter what age they are. 
Well, those are all of my announcements this morning. I'm so glad you're joining us. We're going to start by reading this morning's scripture. And this morning's scripture comes to us out of the book of Revelation, the seventh chapter. And this is what is revealed to John and what is read to us this morning. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning once again. I'm Pastor Ben, and I get to share God's truth with you during this wintry weekend. I hope that you are staying warm and safe and spending time with family. And I also hope that you have a Bible close by because today you won't have it available in front of you in the pews or on the screens. So go grab your Bibles as we begin. Well, today is a sad day for me and probably for you because it marks the end of a journey. In the Christian calendar, this is the last Sunday before Epiphany, which is the celebration of the Magi coming to visit Jesus as Christ was revealed to the nations, which of course is good news. Especially for us as a church of primarily Swedish and German descendants, this means that Christ's story is for everyone, even including us. But in this good news is a sad reality that our Advent and Christmas season as a church comes to a close today, which means the nativities and the trees and the lights all come down this week at church. And this is always so sad for me personally. But there is another reason that I'm sad this weekend. Besides not being able to see you in person, today also is a sad day because today marks the end of our sermon series, A Candy Cane Christmas. Now, I don't know how much you have enjoyed or maybe not enjoyed this series as we've been looking at Christ as the Great Shepherd and all the implications of that, but personally, it has allowed me to see Jesus in a fresh way and see his love for me in a deeper way, and I hope it has provided you the same. In fact, maybe right now you're thinking, well, maybe I should have been more diligent in my participation during this sermon series because Christmas, well, it just kind of got away from me. And if you're feeling this right now, th there's something I want you to know. Too bad. It's too late. You blew it. You missed out. Of course, I'm kidding. Because of the technology that God has given us through our church family's generosity, it's never too late here at New Life to go back and to listen to these transformative truths for the first time or maybe again for the second time. 
all you have to do is go to our website and go to past services, sermons, and watch the sermon that you want to see with a simple click of a button. And when you do this, this is what you'll hear. And if you've been here, this is what you have heard throughout this series. Jesus is the promised shepherd king, the good shepherd that the world has been waiting for. In fact, not only did Jesus fulfill the role of the good shepherd, but he also plainly told us that he was the good shepherd. Look at Christ's words in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. This is what it says. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, in this passage, Jesus does not leave any room for doubt. He declares that he is the good shepherd. He is the shepherd king. But he doesn't stop there. Then he says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And for us as modern day people, this makes sense because our minds naturally go to Christ's death on the cross as the perfect sacrifice to take care of our sins. But just imagine how the statement was received by those listening to Jesus in that moment in history. It would have been simply confusing because once again, what does he say? He says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Without any knowledge of Christ's future work on the cross, what does this sound like? It, it sounds like in the career of shepherding that dying for your flock would be the most noble act. But does that make sense? Let's say you owned a business. For some of you, this is easy to imagine because you own a business. If you don't, just imagine that you own the business that you work for. Congrats, you, you've been upgraded. If you owned a business, what would be your expectation for your staff? What would be your expectation for yourself regarding that business? Would your mantra at your business be something like this? The good salesman lays down his life to sell cars. Or the good hairdresser lays down her life to make women look better. Or, or the good farmer lays down his life for his corn. Or maybe this one. The good veterinarian lays down her life for her puppies. Of course this wouldn't be your mantra. This is insanity. But even if this was your crazy mantra that you taught your staff and expected them to live out, it doesn't make sense. Because if the shepherd dies while protecting the sheep, what happens? First of all, all the sheep would be unprotected and would die anyways. Plus, you know this, the shepherd is far more valuable than the sheep. He is human and probably has a wife, kids, and family members. Let those sheep die. You can always get more sheep. So why does Jesus say this? Well, we see the answer in the book of Revelation. Follow me to chapter 7, verse 9. This is what it says. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. Now, the book of Revelation is one of those books that we don't typically dive into during a Sunday sermon. But today, it is the perfect text to answer this question. What is the result of the Good Shepherd dying? Because in this section of Scripture, God reveals to John a sneak peek 
and what the future holds only because of this death of the good shepherd. And the result, well, it's amazing. Instead of all the sheep being destroyed as a result of the good shepherd dying, the sheep actually thrive. They multiply. Now, you might be thinking, well, it, it's easy to predict a future that, that could never be, you could never be held accountable for that, for that prediction. After all, John died almost 2,000 years ago. Plus, he's predicting something that could only be verified once the world ends. And if you're feeling a little bit skeptical, and, and maybe you thought this, you would be right. This could only be verifiable at the end. But here's what I believe, and I think this is what you know. I believe the past and even the present is a powerful predictor of the future. When Jesus dies on the cross, that should have been the end of his story. And that should have been the end of people following him and telling people his story. Instead, the disciples who have given up hope at Christ's death see the resurrected Jesus and go to face hardship and persecution to tell his story. And people haven't stopped telling his story. It has spread across the globe to a great multitude of every tribe, nation, and language. This picture that the book of Revelation gives us is the predictable outcome of the movement of Christ. But here's my favorite part of John's vision. These people, this great multitude, have nothing in common. They look different. They sound different. They worship different. They can't even communicate in this life. But they do have one thing in common. They're all robed in white. They have Jesus in common because he washed away their sins. Now, here's something else they, they have in common, too. They all have palm branches, which means they are celebrating. So what are they celebrating? Well, John tells us as we move on to verse 10. It says this. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Like I said, all these people have nothing in common besides the most important thing they could have in common, the good shepherd, the shepherd king, Jesus. And they are celebrating with palm branches in their hands. Now, if you have been around church for a while, this should take you back to something that we celebrate called Palm Sunday, where Jesus rides into Jerusalem and the people shout, Hosanna! And they wave palm branches, just like these palm branches that they're, they're holding. But notice something that is different here. They don't yell Hosanna this time because they don't need to. Because Hosanna means now save us or rescue us. They don't need to do this because they are already saved. So instead, they yell this, salvation is here. In other words, it worked. You have saved us. You have rescued us. And they weren't alone in their celebration. Look, look at this in verse 11. This is what John writes for us in the book. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Now, this is a powerful moment, and really for, for two reasons. One, because of who is worshiping God. After all, these are the angels that when they show up in Scripture, they have to constantly say, do not be afraid 
because of the magnitude of their presence. But here, instead of humans lying face down in fear, they are on their face in front of God in fear. It's like we get this picture that God will have to pick them up and say, do not be afraid like they had to do with every human they encountered. Also, notice something else here. It says that all the angels were there. Now, this is significant because it tells us that the war is done. They no longer need to guard their posts to keep the enemy at bay because the enemy, well, the enemy is no more. The enemy is completely destroyed. Well, John continues with his vision into verse 13, and look at these words. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I, which is John, he says, I, I don't know. You are the one who knows. So here is John, one of Christ's disciples, talking to likely one of the other 12 disciples. And the reason I can guess this is because just previous to this section of Scripture, we are told that there are 24 elders, which includes Jesus' 12 disciples, which would include John. So maybe, and, and this might sound a little bit too science fiction-y for you, but maybe it's John's future self talking to John's present self in this moment. But anyways, the elder, whoever it was, it doesn't really matter, asked if John understands who all these people are. And John, not knowing how Christianity would spread uh, around the world after his lifetime, can't understand who this great multitude is. But he wants to know, and so he asks the elder, and the elder responds. And he says, then he said to me, they are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. It's almost like this elder is saying, John, remember when you saw Jesus die? Remember how you thought it was the end of Christ's story? Remember when you outran Peter to the tomb? Remember when you saw Jesus alive again? Remember when you thought that, that Jesus would just go back to his normal mission of preaching and healing and you just follow him around? Remember when he then gave you his mission to you and then he ascended into heaven? Remember when you thought this is never going to work and this is destined to fail? Well, John, look around. Look at all the people, uncountable, from all over the globe. And John, look what they're experiencing now. This is what John writes in, in verse 16. He says, They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You see, because of the death of the good shepherd, something unimaginable has happened. Paradise lost has become Paradise restored. You know, the, the thing that stuck out to me this week as I was studying this passage was not what awaits us as followers of Christ, even though that obviously is amazing. What stuck out to me was the fact that John didn't know who the great multitude was. He didn't know because John could have never have imagined the impact that his life could have. 
But what was the result of his faithfulness to Christ as he took seriously the mission that Jesus had given him? It was this great multitude from all over the world celebrating the Good Shepherd. You see, I, I think often we are like John. We don't realize the impact that we can have. We don't realize how important our choices are, how every act of love, every conversation, every intentional step to, to live more like Christ makes a huge difference. You see, that crowd isn't just because of John. It's hopefully because of you, and it's hopefully because of me. Hopefully, it's your coworker. Hopefully, it's your teammate, your student, your neighbor, your family member, and your friend. Somebody that you intentionally decided to have a conversation with, to share a podcast with. Maybe you handed them a Christian book or just said simply, come sit next to me at church, right? Come join me. In fact, come with me and I'll buy you a smoothie or coffee as you introduce them in one of those contexts to Jesus, the good shepherd, the shepherd king. You see, this is my hope for you as we enter into this new year. My hope that, that in this new year, that you may never underestimate the impact that you can have for Christ in this world. Amen. Well, before I pray and have Danny come back and sing a special song for us, I want you to ask yourself a few questions. These are to help you internalize the sermon in a deeper way. So if you are with someone, go ahead and, and pause the broadcast after each question and, and go around the room. If you are by yourself, consider writing down the questions. And then once you have them written down, call someone else who saw today's sermon and challenge them with these questions. Okay, here we go. Looking back on 2021, how did you see God work in your life? Here's a second question. How does remembering how God has worked in your life prepare you to trust him in 2022? Here, here's a third one to examine. Who is that person that God has put on your mind to show love to this year so they can be a part of this great multitude at the end of time? Those are your questions. I hope you think about them and talk about them. Reach out to somebody and challenge yourself to really lean into God's truth. But let's just take a moment and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to use technology to gather as your people. We wish we could be together, uh, but Lord, we just feel like right now it's not the best for our volunteers and, and our members. And so Lord, you, you might clear up the roads tomorrow, but Lord, we are here with you and uh, we are worshiping you. We are joined together. We are asking each other tough questions. Lord, we are continuing to pray and reach out to you. And so Lord, we have a lot of prayer needs in our congregation in our world. And I know that throughout this week, we're going to be looking at this prayer list and we're going to be praying for those specific things. But Lord, this is also what we know. We know that you know all things. We know that you love us more than you, that we love ourselves, which is hard to imagine. So Lord, as we think about our needs, as we think about our concerns, our worries for 2022, Lord, we just ask that you look upon us with favor, heal the things that need healing, give us wisdom in the areas that we should go. And Lord, guide us into your path of righteousness. May we be followers of you. And as we follow you, may we take your mission seriously. And may we invite other people into this great multitude, people saved by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So Lord, we pray that your will be done in all things. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we continue our time of worship together, I'm going to invite Danny back. And Danny's going to sing a special song for us. And then I will dismiss you 
with a blessing. Well, hello once again, New Life family. It's nice to be gathered with you. The only way that we can this Sunday to sing songs with you. I, it's sad to see the Christmas season end, but there's one song that I always love to sing. I love to sing this song all year round. But as we read our scripture today, and I pictured that whole mass of people gathered around the throne, all I could think of uh, of singing was, Oh, come let us adore him, because that's really the call. Wherever we are, in whatever state we are, whatever uh, situation in life we are, we can always turn to God and just look on his greatness and sing this song. So if you'd like to sing along with me, I'm going to sing the lyrics that I have. They may not be exactly the ones you remember, but... Uh, we can all sing the chorus because that's that stays the same. Here we go. Oh come let us adore him. Oh come let us adore him. Oh come let us adore him Christ Lord. Oh come all ye faith. Joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltation. Sing all ye bright hosts of heaven above. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ. happy morning, Jesus, to Thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, oh, come, let us adore Him, oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore in Christ the Lord. Amen. Well, as you step into the new year, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for joining us this morning, and I look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday.